0: When you walk into a scenario like that, I find that some people will, they'll purchase something new and then they'll look at their numbers and then they'll say, well, there's no way that it's going to take this long to sell the house, even at that price. If we don't, we can carry it for a certain amount of time. But the thing is, is that I don't care who you are. If if you can carry something, you don't want to carry it because why would you want to do that? You want to sell, you you don't want to keep it. And carry something because you can like no one wants to do that because like you said what what is there's no real purpose to that you want to get rid of it so then it becomes you know time versus versus money and your mental health Mm -hmm. like what what is your capacity and the longer that it goes on the less you're going to sell for then you're even more distraught because the price goes down and you're carrying it and losing so where does it where does that end
1: You're listening to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Paul Stevenson, David Warren, and Greg Campbell. Let's see what's going on in the world of real estate today. Hello,
2: everybody. Welcome to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast, the go-to source for all things real estate in the vibrant capital city of Canada. I'm your host, Paul Stevenson, a seasoned mortgage agent, level two, joined by the dynamic duo of real estate expertise, Greg Campbell, an accomplished realtor and David Warren, also a mortgage agent level two. Together, we bring you an insider's perspective on the ever-evolving Ottawa real estate landscape. Whether you're a seasoned investor, a first-time home buyer, just curious about the market trends, join us as we delve into insightful conversations, expert interviews, and the latest updates shaping the Ottawa real estate market. Get ready to navigate the exciting world of real estate with us on the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast. Gentlemen, how are we doing?
1: Love doing fantastic. it! fantastic. That Lovely. was, that was, that was the, I think that's the best one. That's uh, the best GPT's one. It was the best one. Us. I got to tell you, I got to
0: tell you guys something that has been driving me crazy because it's a dead giveaway of articles using AI, which is fine. You know, we're all using them and using it in some way now, but the word delve has to be <laughs> the word of the year for 2023 because I read, I've never read so many articles in my life where the word delve has been written in it it just keeps showing up yes so i i've made it a point that if i'm using ai i make sure that that word is kind of like maybe it'll be used once but i i try not to use it at all because i i I did one article and it was in there like way too many times so i don't know what that it's like it's to make you seem intelligent i guess delve delving (laughs) into something
1: i found that one that one liked seasoning i like to season things on that mm, uh, vibrant, right it
0: was
2: vibrance all of a
1: sudden ottawa's
0: vibrance yeah but but that but that <laughs> was a great so. description we should use that description every week and use the word delve i like to delve
2: okay <laughs> we'll delve in we'll delve yeah. in. Delve right into this yeah how was how's the weekend what'd you guys get up to we'll keep it shorter this week so we don't have the yeah. <laughs> uh, weekend podcast yeah. what did i do this weekend you know what i I, just,
0: I was home. I cleaned up around the house, cooked cooked food, cleaned, did did an open house yesterday and had no visitors. <laughs> so Greg stayed the, alive. Greg stayed alive the, for the weekend. As the other open houses that I sp- spoke to agents at zero. So wow. yeah. I, I breathed there. I ate food. That's what I, I did. Left. Hung out with my family. That's great. Yeah, it's great. It was wonderful. Yes.
1: Uh Paul, I can summarize for you and I. We were together Saturday night for a great uh, charity event that Paul puts on for the Boys and Girls Club in Uganda. And uh, great time. Great information. Always good to support them.
2: And some great performances. Yeah. Yeah, some yeah. great performances. Yeah, it was excellent. If anyone wants more information on that, you can check out the Boys and Girls Club at AZBGC. Agnes Zabali, Boys and Girls Club, azbgc.ca. And uh, it's a small, not-for-profit project in, in Uganda. We send 155 boys and girls to school, primary and secondary school. And also they do, we do, I guess, medical missions. where We send over usually about 15 doctors every year and they serve about 3,000 people a day in the community, of the doctors. So pretty, pretty wild, pretty cool project. And uh, yeah, check it out if you're interested. We do an annual fundraiser. It was really good. It was a very, very successful event. And thank you to everyone who came out. And uh, we'll do it again next year. We kind of have spot fundraising events throughout the year so I'll, I'll make sure to let everyone know if you're interested certainly reach out i can give you more info but let's delve into the show shall we gentlemen let's we delve in well, while while
0: paul and dave were being amazing i was being selfish at home
2: <laughs> <laughs> with your family i, I, disagree. <laughs> I disagree
1: i disagree <laughs> tell us uh, about the
0: open
2: houses greg you said a lot of people said no shows this weekend
0: yeah yeah the numbers of open the number of open houses was way down to Like, I mean, even in Orleans alone, I could count like, you know, about 15 a few weeks ago, there was only four single family detached homes that were, that had open houses yesterday and they were all quiet.
2: Hmm. Do you find, do you think that's partially as well because of like every listing you look at now has like the 3D walkthrough and, you know, walkthrough videos? Like, you can get a pretty good feel on the property before going to look at it, right?
0: Well, I mean, you can, but I also think that people, as much as I su- suggest that we suggest they be shopping now, they're kind of burnt out just from mm-hmm. the media hype and everything. So I think people are just kind of taking their time and they'll just go see it when they want. I think the open houses is, is uh, slowly dwindling mm-hmm. right now. You know, m- months of inventory is up. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, you know, I just feel that people are, uh, people are a little bit exhausted.
1: On, on the Orleans front, I did hear from a from a builder's uh, sales rep that they she did not have a single sale in the entire month of October. And it was the first time ever that that's happened.
0: Yeah. Not surprised. I'm not surprised, even with the offers that they're promoting now. Mm-hmm. But see, that's the thing. It's like, so you think about that. No sales at a new builder and people are crying about lack of inventory. So is it lack of inventory or is it price? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean it's obviously a mix of both, but that's a really that's an important thing to to hear about.
1: Yeah. I I think it still all boils back to the psychology of where rates are at and where payments are at, and people being unsure of where rates are heading Mm -hmm. and and kind of leaving at that. And I think kind of a wait and see a little bit. Some people that are again on the sidelines, we've talked before of, of consumer debt on the way up, but I think you know, for anyone that is looking to get in the market. You know, they're kind of being very cautious and they're not wanting to lock in at where rates are at. And they're hoping to do so when they come down. That's my, and it's not, that's my seems, feeling.
2: I don't know about you, Dave, but I haven't seen a single, like we were doing like purchase plus, purchase plus programs, those sorts mm-hmm. of things like, like buying an old home, kind of updating it. I haven't done a single one of those in probably 10 months, I would say eight to 10 months, which typically we're doing mm-hmm. multiples a year, right? People are like, oh, we bought this home. We want to update this, we want to update that. Mm-hmm. I think people, the homes that are selling, the reason why I'm saying this, I think are the kind of turnkey, no, you know, no one wants a project right now. Nobody wants to be worrying about, you know, finding materials, any additional costs that have to be added on. You And I, and I find that people that are buying are looking to just move in and just set their payment, forget it, and focus on other areas of their life. The last five years, I think we were in a position where people were looking for opportunities or looking for Mm -hmm. investment, you know, investment chances and things like that. And they're willing to take on that risk because money was cheap. You know, it's like, oh, it's only one and a half percent. Let's go. You know, everyone was Mm -hmm. kind of revving the engines. But now it seems like everyone is slowed, uh, not even coasting, just slowed. And I think buyers are willing to wait for that perfect turnkey home, right? Like they don't want to be competing. They don't want to be doing renovations. They want to basically find something at the right price, move in. And that's it. Like, it seems like that a lot of areas of our industry have slowed because people don't want Mm -hmm. to keep on those projects. Are you guys seeing that as well?
1: Yeah. No, for sure. I have. Absolutely. Again, but it all goes back to, Greg's been saying it for the past 160 episodes of, you know, no matter what in any market, that the properties that are really nice or done and and marketed Mm -hmm. well or or like staged really well and and good up, they're going to go the ones, you know, and go for that premium.
2: They're holding the values up. I, I am seeing
0: that change slightly though. And and it all comes down, it's got to be price because there's a couple that I know of that are pristine and priced what I would think as completely accurate for the market now and they're just sitting.
2: Yeah, mm.
0: Which is like, there's actually two properties that if I was looking, I would buy both of them. Because there's nothing, you don't have anything to do. They're in a great neighborhood. It makes sense to to buy and hold on to these, especially if you're a first-time buyer. But I have a I have a quick story about a property that I Let's went and delve saw into it. That Let's delve, I, that, delve into I'm it. I'm delving. Delving. <laughs> I went and saw it yesterday. And because it came down so much that I was like, wow, that's like that's a great opportunity. I want to see this, like even you know for myself i'm like this is like you know this makes sense so brand new build minto they purchased in july for 830,000 and it was listed it's been on the market for over 100 days it was originally listed at 1.05 million it dropped down to a million it dropped down to 950 it dropped down to 900. Now it's listed at 870.
1: Hmm.
0: So, and it's been vacant since, since closing. So it's brand new. It's in Orleans and now it's priced to basically break even. Mm-hmm. So that is, it's a huge deal for the market as a whole. And clearly, it's a situation of what we were talking about where whenever these guys bought this property, they assumed that the market would allow them to leverage that and profit when, you know, when it, when it listed and the timing just didn't work out, obviously. So the problem is that that listed at that price for what it is, four bedroom den, finished basement, four bathroom at 860 on a corner lot. It's big. I think it's about, like total with the basement, it's over three thousand square feet, like thirty one hundred. So now to to think of that pricing and to think about everything else on the market and how other homeowners want to get a certain value at their home, this one really skews it. Because if this sells, let's say it ends up selling for eight fifty for what its value is, no matter what anyone thinks, that'll just give more buyers ammunition to be like, well, you know, yeah, that's eight fifty. If that's 850, then yours is maybe nine uh-huh. when it should be a million. And like, like I believe that this house should sell for higher, but clearly they're in a situation where they need to go. And so the more, the more we see of that, the harder it's going to be for homeowners that are selling now for them not to lose, Yeah. or they're just going to have to pull it off the market and weather the storm of potentially having two mortgages, so it's challenging. There's another one I know. So okay, if I can if I may delve deeper here, if I may delve <laughs> I, I, there's so it's much like a deep delve, delve. I, I just want to delve. There's another property that was listed at a million last year. Drop, drop, couldn't sell. Now what's happening is that the price is 850 and still no offers. And I know that the, the homeowner is carrying two properties and what they're paying is just short of $10,000 a month. So they're not in a situation to, does anyone want to maintain that? No. So it's like, what do you do? Do you go back and rent? And even if they go back and rent it out, they're still losing probably, you know, 2,500 a month because they won't get what they need to cover all the costs. So this is the kind of thing that can be challenging and that people need to be very aware of. And the more that that happens, the worse it's, it will be for other properties on the market
1: to sell. And then uh, the, the challenge for those investors as well, <clears throat> those people trying to sell, like you said, almost you know 10,000 a month. How long can they carry that payment for yeah. before they like just give up that debt or give up that loan or property or default on that mortgage. But other than, but if they get a tenant in, then it's hard to, it becomes hard to also sell a property with a tenant. You know, they're stuck well, in a mortgage, they're stuck in a lease, whoever's buying, you know, if it's in, it's not month to month, that person, you know, they're stuck in there until that lease is up and and who knows what their furniture is going to be like or how they treat the property. You know, from a so it becomes yeah. really a, a tough decision for a lot of people of whether to leave it vacant or whether to get somebody in to kind of you know cut some of the losses a little bit. But then it becomes like, is the loss going to be even greater? Because down the line, maybe the house gets, you know, beat up a little bit, especially if it's a new
0: that's new build. well, that's the thing. And one of these properties was tenanted and the tenants are gone and then they they spruced it up a bit and mm-hmm. now they're still having a hard time selling it. So it's not it's not great. And I mean, I feel that both the homes that I just spoke about are incredible opportunities. Like they're priced very well for any market, you know, four bedroom, four bathroom homes. Mm-hmm. Like at that price right now, even at that price a few years ago, like, or five years ago.
2: Well, and if they're just, if they're say carrying that 10,000 a month, that's just just for those two mortgages, let alone all the other living expenses. So it's, yeah. like, how how are they carrying that? Like most people mm-hmm. are not, putting hundred percent of their income no on the mortgage right so and that's carrying additional debt are they you know are they borrowing right. against investments like what are they doing to carry that and how long can they
0: well can and that's and that's the thing water.
2: it's like you know
0: you and when you can carry that debt the problem the mental thing that happens is bye guys <laughs> the, the, the <laughs> mental what happens know. is that When you walk into a scenario like that, I find that some people will, they'll purchase something new and then they'll look at their numbers and then they'll say, well, there's no way that it's going to take this long to sell the house, even at that price. If we don't, we can carry it for a certain amount of time. But the thing is, is that I don't care who you are. If if you can carry something, you don't want to carry it because why would you want to do that? You want to sell, you you don't want to keep it and carry something because you can. Like no one wants to do that because like you said, what what is there's no real purpose to that. You want to get rid of it. So then it becomes, you know, time versus versus money and your mental health. Mm-hmm. Like what what is your capacity? And the longer that it goes on, the less you're going to sell for, then you're even more distraught because the price goes down and you're carrying it and losing. So where does it where does that end? And it's we're going to see a lot more of that. Like those are just two scenarios that I'm telling you. How many other realtors are have people that they see going through the same problems in the city? Probably a lot right now.
1: And and so for that, because, you know, like you said, open houses, and you spoke to a lot of people, there's fewer out there, but even that they were the ones you know of that they didn't get anyone through. So people aren't out shopping right now. What would you be guiding your clients if they had a listing whether to hold firm on the price, because no one's out anyways, right now, or to do a price reduction, because you never know who's looking, or getting their, you know, listings to the inbox, like, how would you guide somebody in that regard? And I know it's that it depends on the individual circumstance, but just kind of thinking, you know, if there's no one out in the market shopping that you're finding, is there value in even dropping the price or waiting until there's bodies actually out there?
0: You know, there is people shopping in the townhome, semi-detached market. like Anything under 800000 I find people are still pretty active in. Not as much, but I did notice there's an uptick in sales over the last couple of weeks for that price point. But I think that the detached homes are really taking a hit just because of the price and the rates. People aren't willing to take the risk of that. And the first-time buyers aren't... Buying those types of homes, right? They're first timers, so they're getting into the
1: townhome market. And I think you have the you have a a great graphic too of that inventory. I do. Yeah, let's let, let's delve into
0: the, the graphic That's... of let's keep delving into all this.
2: <laughs> I wonder when listeners of... will realize that we are actually AI. That's why we're using <laughs> del so much.
0: <laughs> so month this is pretty cool. <clears throat> Months of inventory. You know, if you look at how much inventory we have going back to 2018, like it's staggering the amount we had over, you know, seven months of inventory back in 2018 in in January, falling, you know, kind of in a similar pattern year over year, but much less, you know, over the pandemic times. But what we are seeing this year, so let's look at it this way. Whoever is, you can see the graph, the blue, the purple line is 2018 the uh, the teal the teal line is 2023. So if you look at that 2023, right now we're at 4.8 percent. Four point sorry, 4.8 months on market. Like or, or sorry, of, of months of inventory. Excuse me. <laughs> Where am I going with this? Months of inventory. So that is the highest since 2018 that we've had for months of inventory, and this is. Keep in mind, this data is all Greater Ottawa. So this goes Hawkesbury to like Deep River, you know, Cornwall, etc. But as a general overlook of Greater Ottawa, that's high. Now, I expect that to go up to about five and a half in November. That's my prediction. And then maybe up to six in December, which will match 2018. So... I wanted to show this today because of what I keep saying is there's two things. Best four months of the year to buy. Best three months would be November, December, January. More opportunities in terms of everything. In terms of sellers, uh, you know, reason to sell or urgency to sell. They just, you know, people want to sell when they're selling in in the winter. They want to go. Better negotiation for the buyer. And that's just, that's where we're at. And that's what happens with a lot of people come on the market in the fall because fall is usually a little bit hotter. And if they can't get it done, it spills over into the winter. And then, you know, they're, they're ready to go. And the ones that come on in the winter, they're, you know, they know, they know what they're getting into. They don't want to wait till spring. They, they don't need to wait till spring. They have to move. So winter in Ontario, winter in Ottawa is a great time to buy, especially for a first timer. So if you're, if you know, if you're approved and, and you know what you can, you can do, I'd say it's a good time. And again, I will state that this is based on planning on staying five years or more in that property.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and I think to that note, there was a, a good CTV article <clears throat> that uh, was came out Friday talking about and, and illustrating number one, the average price point of properties in Ottawa, 121,600 but also including which I thought we'll we'll put it, the link in the in the YouTube description but it, of nine neighborhoods kind of what type of property you can get but to that point you know inventory is up <clears throat> sales transactions were down 2.7% from October 2022 however prices are up over last year of 2.2% which is pretty interesting you know kind of continuing to see that that still that slow uptick which you know, for October, again, to your point, Greg, it'll be interesting to see how that is affected through November and December, but with some of these, you know, Mm -hmm. sellers being desperate and and doing some of those, you know, needing to price drop like you, like you mentioned.
2: We have Greg go through a couple of these neighborhoods in his, in his rapid open house, (laughs) 32nd.
1: Hey, this three bedroom, two
2: bathroom home. Yeah. Remember that? (laughs) That again. But it is, It is. if we go through that article, which anyone watching on YouTube, Stephen's controlling it, but maybe we can scroll down to the different neighborhoods. You can see it goes through Alta Vista, Barhaven, Blackburn Hamlet, Centertown, Kanata, Kensin Park, Kensin Park, Mooneys Bay, Revelstoke, and Orleans. Parkway Park. Actually, they got everything. They got all of them covered here. But it's very interesting to see the contrast between the different properties and you know if you go into the article you'll be able to see it, it actually breaks down you know what what's included how many bedrooms washrooms etc so we've talked about this but i mean it's it's ottawa's always been one of those kind of wacky markets hey you can go one place and home's a million dollars you go to the exact same home in a different part of town and mm-hmm. it's eight mm-hmm. You know, it's like it doesn't. Yeah,
0: you know. these are pretty good good picks for each neighborhood as as averages, and because they're kind of they kept it around the same age of the home as well,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which I think is important for this article. You know, they're all a little bit older, and they kind of chose ones that make sense to match. So it's a it's a good average. I mean, you're looking at around just you know seven hundred and ten thousand for single family detached, and that see that's the thing like that's. For some people, that's still affordable.
1: Mm.
0: It's when you get a little bit higher, you're really starting to have to look at your numbers. And I was reading something that the amount of, or what you know people ha- are having to spend of their income on housing is just ridiculous. Mm. I saw something like in the US, they're you know, upwards of like
1: 62%, I think it was, of their income just uh, to be able to afford a home. Yeah, oh, I think rates. I think rates in like in the states right now are seven and eight mm-hmm. percent for their for their more like for their typical A mortgage. They're always usually a couple percent higher than us. But yeah, makes some scary uh, stats out there. But one thing I wanted to kind of you know, you know, kind of leads into our next article, but also something that you just said of of you know, when buyers are looking to buy, and you've said it before of of you know, look to you know keep in mind or or looking to stay in your property for five years. I think something, there's a lot of development still going on around the city. So one thing to kind of keep in mind is also researching what sort of developments are happening in the area. And it might not, you might be in a suburb and you might not think there's going to be, you know, you know, anything crazy as far as development, but there's a lot of different areas that are, that have either government buildings being transformed or old Area older areas being you know redeveloped, and I think it's important for people to also do some digging in that regard. You know, there's one if you're more Mechanicsville Centertown, there's Tony's Pasture. They're going through a huge redevelopment and a big proposal there. It's like 700 and 600 units, the whole thing. Like Gladstone near Preston is like a thousand, couple schools mm-hmm. and a thousand in behind Preston Hardware, affordable housing and things like that. You've got you know this article that came up that i think is actually great for the city because it's shown to be uh, valuable but phase 2 of Lansdowne was approved mm-hmm. uh for 419 Huge. million the the proposal was for three new towers residential towers but it was cut to to two towers and and they also do have 25% of it as affordable housing which i think is great for being you know right in the core like that you know really walkable area obviously so being able to have a high portion of that 700 and i think it's like a 700 or a thousand units who who got the the build on that it's the the builder themselves are not outlined it is on it's the auto sport and entertainment group right you know so they're john, still gonna john reddy's gonna part of that group john yeah. reddy's part of that group who owns trinity development so i and he did all the development of of phase one so i assume that trinity will be picking up the the development of phase two as well, but there was, you know, there's obviously that Minto tower as well. Mm -hmm. That was the residential. So I think it'll be a combination uh, of the two, but it's going to see a new 5,500 seat event center North side stands being replaced. And then in the, and starting in 2024 and then in 2025 or 27, it's then starting the residential, sorry, 20, 2024 to 2027 we'll see the North side stands be completed as well as the new event center and then the residential development 2030 is when it's starting. Crazy. It's so far away. It's so far away, but there, you know, this is starting even next year because yeah. it has to be yeah, in such, I know. such different phases. So yeah, it's it's certainly that's something that people don't think about as well. as you know, there might be, you know, it's kind of forward. You got a, a lot of these for the city becomes a challenge for developers. It becomes a challenge. You might be in a market where we're at right now, but you also need to plan. And some of this stuff takes so long to be able to start and shovels and ground, and there's so much money and so much planning that needs to go into it. You know, we're talking, you know, again, not, not starting for another seven years on those residential towers, but if they don't have that baseline infrastructure, that's going to take. Six I'm excited years to, to do.
0: that. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. to see the, especially the pricing on those. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that will be interesting.
2: Because the, mm-hmm. the, the tower that's there now, what's the what's the going rate on those,
0: Greg? Depends. There's a variety. I'll be honest, I don't have like an average in there, but they go anywhere from, you know, I've seen them be a million, million dollars for some of them mm-hmm. down to like, you know, 400s, depending on the size. But that whole thing, and then the strip on Homewood with those towns, those mm-hmm. towns are great. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> right now, there's a lower level unit on Homewood that's been sitting forever. It's, and, you know, the problem is the lower ones are a little bit dark because you're kind of like half in a basement. It's mm. been sitting at 700 for months now mm. and they're not getting an offer, but to the upper ones sell for more, but did a lot mention- of people. Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, did you mention earlier the average days on market right now in the city? Or do you have that from the October stats? Average days on market. I don't have it. I think it's still around like the 30
0: number. Mm. Yeah. I don't have that in front of my face. It's okay. That's okay. Yeah, I'm just looking again. But you're looking at around 30 days minimum, depending on, on what it is. Like, I know in, in some parts of town, mm-hmm. for some properties, I mean, the average is like 65 days. You know, if you're selling a single in Orleans, you're probably you're two months at least on average. So don't be average. <laughs> That's simple. <laughs> A lot of well, questions, a lot of questions from sellers. I, I bring something else up and it's trying to find new ways to prove value for sellers. Predictive analytics seems to be coming into question quite a bit. And, um, sellers are wanting, you know, uh, a value add of what else you can do different, um, as an agent for your seller to bring people into the house because there's, you know, there's traditional ways of doing stuff but you can only do so much given the market. So any extra tool like that, I believe there's a privacy issue, but I have a call today. I'll know more next week. I have a call today with an agency that does that. I know in the US it's very popular for people to target specific buyers for their properties. And there's some agents I know down there that only do that specifically and they really do well with it. Like they get the home in front of a buyer's face that that AI predicts is ready to buy based on profession, income, lifestyle, et cetera, very intrusive. And I know Canada has some pretty serious laws. And so that's why it hasn't been available as of yet, but there's a company I'm talking to today to see what that looks like. Cause it's, if it does, it's definitely something I'd like to be able to offer sellers, predictive analytics.
2: I actually had two people mention Greg, you had a, we, we've been putting out these short kind of consumable mm. clips from the show. People seem to be liking those. I guess it's easier, easier to digest than our 40-minute conversations. But they were the one that I saw that got a lot of comments to me at least was the one you're talking about recently about the commissions. You're talking about like, you know, fees and so on. And oh. I had a friend, a friend who just listed their place and he said he was using a company in Toronto that was doing something similar to that. Like they kind of assessed their property remotely. They, mm-hmm. you know, they sent them in photos and then they kind of put everything together and and listed the property. There's still a fee for it, but, you know, it was all inclusive of legal fees and everything else. Yeah. So, I know there have been companies like that in the past and, you know, there's always Are a lot of people.
0: There's going to be more. They're coming.
2: Yeah. As they get more efficient and, you know, as you said, yeah. like that market data is available and they have all those analytics of who's buying where and when and how. That'll accelerate all of those other avenues, all those other businesses that are in that space.
0: The thing that I think is great about a a flat fee for realtors is that the seller knows exactly what they're paying, no matter what the property sells for. Mm -hmm. And they can use that as like a benchmark off the jump. They know what they're getting. They know what they're paying. So I think it's valuable. And I believe that more of us as agents need to incorporate that into our structure, just kind of have bottom line for the services offered. And that's what you stay with.
2: Sorry, sorry to cut you off, Greg. Yeah, I think now there I'm sure there are people who are looking at, you know, they have a million dollar home or, you know, somewhere in the high Mm -hmm. eights, nines, and they're thinking it's going to cost us 50 to a hundred thousand in fees just to sell this house. Yeah. Not even, not even their own equity. They're getting back. They're paying, you know, let's say 5%. So, you know, paying 50,000 on a million dollar home in fees to, to the real estate agents. Not to say that there, that isn't, Necessary, But it is definitely a deterrent, I'm sure for a lot of people when they're thinking, okay, well, we only have 150 in equity, we're giving 33% of that away from the start before we even put our down payment on a new home or whatever. So even trying to downsize or look at alternatives, they might not have the equity yet if they just moved in recently to do that, right? If they moved in the last, say, five years or not, like you said, This is it's this got is a five the or thing. ten year plan, right?
0: And this is what people don't seem to understand. It's like, you know, it's the misconception of, well, you have a million dollar home, then you must have a million dollars in the bank or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, I disagree with that, obviously. And I think most of us in the real world understand that. You know, what I will say is that the, there's the changes are coming. There's new I'm sitting down this week to go over all the new forms for our, our um, for our board. we for Ontario. Uh, how realtors operate and the, the changes, especially for listing properties. I'll I'll go over some of them on the show next week. But the most inter- interestingly is that the big case that was won in the U.S. a few weeks ago or two weeks ago, where you know the payout I think was 1.5 billion.
1: It, it grew to five over five billion after it was all said and done.
0: So okay, so <laughs> five billion and then the there was three new lawsuits filed since then in mm-hmm. other states. New York State being one, New York State, I think it was Illinois and there's something else. So that goes to show you that now that you know someone won, it's like everybody was just waiting and they all filed. So that's, it's gonna really put the pinch on on realtors that are gonna have to show their value. And if they don't wanna show their value or if they're selling a couple homes a year, they're just gonna be out. I think it's gonna go back to how it used to be where you can't be a part-time realtor. You need to be there, either be in or out. I think that's how it should be, to be honest, not just getting your license to sell a couple homes or, or do your own flips. Like it's a professional service. And you need to be working with professional people who can actually help you the way that you should be helped. And it's situations like this, where, you know, these, you know, talking about inflated fees in these lawsuits, I don't know really the agents who were involved. I don't know how they operated or whatnot, but it's easy to assume, well, you would assume that they are people who are inexperienced. And yes, of course, they're in it for the quick buck. And they were part of, you know, that inflation of, of fees or or steering people to listings. And that's another thing that's coming out. Oh, Santa, let me delve into this quickly. <laughs> you know, one of the one of the biggest problems is that you can see on on M- MLS in the realtor remarks, who's paying what commission. So if, if you're, you're an agent and you're out with a buyer and there's a home that's offering like $2,000 flat fee commission, or you got someone that's offering two and a half percent, which would put like $10,000 in your pocket, you know, me personally and people I work with, I'm not gonna steer them away because my goal is to put the buyer into the house that's right for them. That's something that you take on and you accept it. And that's just that's just how it is, that's how I operate. But the big problem has been that there are agents that steer and that's part of, of these, these lawsuits. Like they take the buyer somewhere else where they know they're gonna get more money. Mm-hmm. So the other properties offering a lesser commission are, are falling behind. So, and I don't think that's that's fair in terms of the grand scheme of things, just because everybody's situation, financial situation is different. And as agents, as professional, I think we have a duty to put our clients, our buyers in the right home. And that's just the bottom line. So, there was, not, um, and, um, and, and sorry, to close on that, I believe that one of the changes is that you're no longer going to be able to see what the uh, agent is paying.
2: Uh-huh.
0: So you're gonna have That's to just- That's a good idea. Yeah, I think, I, I think it's great, man. You you go in, it, it, it makes the realtor blind on what they're gonna get paid, but uh-huh. it allows you to focus on the purpose of being in this business in the first place to help buyers find a home and help sellers sell a home. Like what happens behind the scene, it doesn't matter.
1: There was an article that I was reading over the weekend like pertaining to that lawsuit was kind of questioning whether the the day of a buyer agent is going to go away. And the reason why yeah. it was kind of formulated around that idea was that with this lawsuit, it's to your point, like the buyer agent steering them to different, you know commissioner like that and then getting away to is it going to go the way of the seller pays the listing realtor and the and the buyer pays the buyer? Mm -hmm. And there's not, and it's not the seller paying both sides and that this could, this lawsuit because of how big it is. And like I said, it grew to, I think 5.3 billion from like, once they tacked on in the States, they have their initial damages and then they're, you know, over and above that. And I think it grew to like 5.3 billion or something like that against the majors. And then, yeah, I didn't know the other state, some of the other States that have now filed, but that's going to obviously cause a ripple effect through. huge the industry i mean they're not that's not a small sum of money and i would imagine that it's probably going to cripple some of these brokerages or even umbrellas i would think depending on the size of them but i'd be yeah it'll be interesting to see how that goes away and even how that looks so that there is more transparency and i think more transparency in any industry is is beneficial for the consumer and so yeah i'm I'm curious to see how it shakes out because obviously anything that happens in the states like that the the They're all parent companies that also have offices around the world. And so it's going to affect things elsewhere before other lawsuits start coming down the pipe in other countries. And it's
0: it's happening here and it's going to happen. And that's why I'm telling like, I'm personally working on my value proposition now and working on different structures because I feel that if we don't have that, there's going to be someone else who does have that. And they're going to be able to take advantage of opportunities because of, of having that. You need to present, you know, in times of change, obviously, if you want to stay relevant, you have to, you know, present different solutions or else you're just going to get destroyed if you're not paying attention.
2: We saw that here too with, you know, when Grapevine was really popular and they were giving, you know, 1% or whatever. Like, I mean, I can't, I'm not, I, I have don't have a specific example, but we definitely heard rumblings of people avoiding showing clients those properties because of the fact that there's a lower commission. And same thing with builders, like builder commissions for realtors have shifted from, you know, a flat fee to absolutely no, you know, builders are constantly changing their compensation models as well, which, you know, you would imagine in those cases that you're talking about, Greg, that those are going to influence people to, oh, they're paying a flat fee of a thousand, or I could go sell this other home and make 25.
0: Hey man, and you know what, I've said it before, like I wish, I wish builders would just choose a, a fee to cooperate and leave it at that mm-hmm. at any time. You know, it's just it because it is frustrating. What happens is you get the agents start resenting working with builders because in a time when, you know, there an agent can be out with someone for working for like three to six months, show 40 homes, and then they go with the builder and then you get a thousand dollars. So you've taken a huge loss. You know, financially end of your time, so then that that's that's irritating. and then so suddenly the builder needs you, and now they're offering three, three, per, three and a half percent to you cooperating. and then you're kind of like, "Oh, okay, so if I have a buyer, I go and I get three and a half percent, that's cool, but then it's like, well, why do I want to help you now when you didn't help me? Some agents would 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 be like that you know? So that's another regulation. I believe there should be either like a builder should just have a flat fee. Like you bring in a buyer, you get 2,500 bucks, you get three grand and no matter what from X amount of dollars to X amount over, you get a little bit more maybe for that buyer. But yeah, Mm -hmm. this, this up and down thing that's been a, it's been a big issue with, with builders since the beginning. And of course you change with the market. They take what they can, they know their numbers and that's, and that's fair. But in terms of cooperation, I think it should change
1: for sure time will tell time will tell tell. and then we'll delve into it some more yeah that's right uh should we delve into some mood boosts
2: yes we shall i have three today and they're they're all quite good i'm very happy with them number one you guys know my friend tony right my friend tony asked me not to say his name backwards i said why not yes why not tony backwards yeah Number two, I always keep my guitar in the car now. It's good for traffic jams. Yes. Mm. Yes. And last but not least, my wife thinks it's weird that I stare at the window during heavy rainstorms. It would be a lot less weird if she just let me in. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's um, cold
0: outside.
2: <laughs> yes, it's also christmas spirit greg based on your mirror behind oh you. be merry we're, we're doing the whole the whole christmas tree setup this weekend so it'll be good family's coming over yeah good time I,
0: we we did it on we did it this weekend hold well, they did it <laughs> my wife and the kids greg got a it. glass of
2: wine on the. Uh, couch.
0: i did yeah I, I had some nog i did have some <laughs> nog i was very very merry um yeah. But it's, it's the, the Christmas music just kills me, just kills me. And like the kids are all over it and I'm just like, guys, I'm like, it's, you know, November 10th. I'm like, please. Yeah. I can't (laughs) listen to this on repeat for this long.
2: Baby, it's cold out. Uh, It's not even. So many
0: many songs. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Thank you everyone for tuning in we will be back next week and as we mentioned we are putting out kind of shorts reels so keep your eye out on, on all the different socials be sure to follow along and we do read the comments so leave your comments good or bad we love them they're hilarious and uh, very engaging and if you ever want to come on the show you're welcome to and next week we have a guest Mr. Matt Luloff
0: we, we have a guest yeah. next week and we have a big announcement I have one
2: big announcement and guest and guest Big Big guest. guest. Great Great guest. Big guest. Heavy on the Orleans. Heavy on the Orleans. Heavy on the Orleans. Yeah. Matt Luloff. We'll be back. Thanks everyone. Tuesday mornings ten AM. We'll be back. Peace. Bye.
1: Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please remember to like, share, comment, and subscribe, because we'd really like that. I oh, oh,